Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. for you, to make a way for you. And we are in Ivy's year of hope. Do we know that hope has a name? His name is Jesus. That's who we find our hope in. That's who we place our hope in. And I was spending time reflecting um, in preparation for this morning on our year of hope. And I want to encourage you over these next few weeks as we come to an end of 2019, as we effectively come to an end of our year of hope, I want you to stop and reflect and think, what has that been like for me? Because personally, this year has been one of two extremes. And you know what? It's been a a season of real joy, Becoming a father for the first time has been a real answered prayer for me and my family. But then we've also gone through some real, real tough times as a church. And we're still going through tough times as a church with dearly loved members who are now with Jesus. And I don't know how I would have coped in either of those things had I not had my hope anchored in him. And we want to take time to reflect and to think. So can I encourage you in the next few weeks to stop and just think and process. Before we get so excited about Christmas Day or before we get so excited about what 2020 might bring for us, let's remember what this year of hope has been like for us. And and it doesn't just stop. First of January, it's not like, oh, we're done hope now. No, 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 no. Each year builds on the next, builds on the next. And what are we hoping for for 2020? Now let's stop, reflect and think about that. But what are we bringing into next year that we are going to continue to hope for? Maybe there are things, we had our washing line of hope this year. And it's great to see so many white tags. We had brown tags, those of you who don't know, brown tags were ones that we were hoping for. And if we saw a hope fulfilled, then we wrote it on a white tag. And it was great over the year to see the whites start to overtake the browns seeing God answer our prayers and bring those hopes. But they're still brown tags. It's not like life is sorted for us. We've still got things that we hope for, that we've been hoping for for many years, or maybe new things that have come up in this year that we now are hoping for. And we carry that with us into next year, trusting in the one who we can put our hope in. This morning we're in Isaiah 9, and we're just looking at the one verse, verse 6. And it says this, For a child will be born for us, a son be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. Amen, that it's on his shoulders, hey, and not this government that we're trying to figure out currently. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. I wonder, have you ever had to name something before. If you're a parent, then hopefully you were part of naming your child. Um, Maybe you had a pet and you had to name a pet. Most people now like to name their cars, so maybe you've named a car. Have you ever had to name something before? For me, names are such a big deal. Massive, 
Massive, massive deal. Naming Hudson, it was... Um, he's my son, by the way, for those of you who don't know. Um, it, was, it was hard. Like, the amount of times me and my wife would debate names and disagree over what names we should call the child. We didn't know if it was going to be a boy or a girl, so that made it doubly hard, having to think of both boys' and girls' names. But it was so hard, and I've got to be honest with you, that until I saw him in the flesh, I didn't know exactly what his name was going to be. It was only when I saw him, and I, I wasn't the biggest fan of Hudson. Any Hudsons out there, it's not that I don't like your name. I've named my child after that name, so of course I like the name. But it was only when I saw him, I was like, do you know what? I felt God saying, that's his name. But the reason why I think names are a big deal, not just because of the name, but because of what they mean. Names carry meanings. Do you know what your name means? If you're called Matthew, it means gift of the Lord. Come on. Hudson, Hudson means heart, mind and spirit. And that is my prayer for him, that he has a heart to love God, full of him. That he has a mind that um, is the mind of Christ, as we read about in the Bible, and that he is full of the Holy Spirit. Find out what your name means. We see in the Old Testament, in this time of Isaiah, um, names were everything for them. Names determined a lot of things for you. It was an expectation put on your life. It would have shown your, your family line, your heritage. It probably would have determined what sort of a job you did, your career. It gave you purpose or authority. It defined your character. That's how important a name was for them. And I still believe a names are important just like that now. I wonder what they would have thought about when Isaiah came and gave this prophecy, this word of God, and said, this is what the Messiah is going to be called. And for them to hear these names said back to them, they're like, what? I wonder what they would have thought for them to say, for Isaiah to say, he's going to be called Wonderful Counselor. You see, I believe a name brings association. Before we knew who Hudson was going to be, it's like, he's a baby. It, it was a baby. I didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. It's a baby. And yes, of course, there's the connection because you know it's yours, but I didn't really know him when he was in the womb. But as soon as I name him, even before when he was out, he was out for like 48 hours without a name. Even then, it's like, when we name something, there's an association there and there's a relationship there. When we understand the names, when we give something a name. Last week, the young people told us that God has about um, 955 names. 955 names. Why does he need so many names? Well, I believe it's down to this. Because... It shows the depth of his character. It shows the depth of his character to have all of these names. And I want to ask you a question this morning. What do you call God? What names do you use for him? Because what you call him and what you say about him determines how you're going to relate to him. As I said before, when I felt God was saying to me that some people think that he's this big, distant God out there, the, the almighty judge, if that's what I'm calling him, then of course I'm going to be scared to approach. Yet if I call him my heavenly father or my best friend 
or my wonderful counsellor, then I'm going to approach him in a totally different way. And my relationship with him is going to be completely transformed. You see, it's only when we understand the significance of God's names that we can start to grasp the depth and the power of God's character. When we, fit, when we understand his names, not just what they are, but when we understand the names, then we can grasp the depth and the power of his character. So we're going to look at wonderful counsellor, and we're going to break it up. We'll look at the word wonderful first, and then we'll look at the word counsellor. And um, I don't know about you, but nowadays, words are not what they used to mean. We, have, like, we seem to misuse words now all the time, do we not? Yeah, words have completely new meanings. Sick, back, you know, 10 years ago was when you were ill and you, wanted, you had to go to the hospital or something, I'm sick. Now it's like, you're cool if you're sick. I mean, what? Words that just get used all the time, that almost lose their, um, their true meaning. Words like hero or literally. People use literally all the time, don't they? I literally did this. Like, no, you didn't. Like, that's not the right use of the word. And you know what? Wonderful is no exception. How many times do we describe something as wonderful? Oh, that was wonderful, wasn't it? That was wonderful. Yeah, that was really wonderful. When, you know, really all we're describing are things that were like pleasant or okay or lovely and nice. But do you know what? The true meaning of the word wonderful is actually to mean incomprehensible. It's to be full of wonder. Full of wonder. It means that we're not actually going to understand. To be full of wonder means that I can't physically understand it. I can't compute it in my brain. My humanness won't let me allow, won't allow me, sorry, to, to fully grasp what is wonderful. And that's who God is. Wonderful, something that is so far beyond our imagination. We can try to understand, but we are never going to fully understand to the full extent of who he is. It puts us in a place of awe, awe and wonder. That's what it means to call him our wonderful counsellor. We are saying, wow, I am in awe of you. I am full of wonder because of who you are. I don't understand all of who you are, but I am in wonder of it. Have you ever been in a place like that? For me, it's, it's nature that puts me in that state. A play, uh, we did a three-peak challenge a couple of years ago, and um, when you got, we, we, had, we were so blessed with the, with, the, with the weather that when we got to like, the top of um, Ben Nevis, um, or Snowden, the uh, Scarfell Pipe was in the middle of the night, so that wasn't a great view. But, um, <laughs> but the other two was like, glorious day, blue sky, sunshine. I think there's a picture. And just the sheer landscape, I was like, wow. And I am a rubbish photographer, and that's my picture. Wow. <laughs> I, whenever I get up on top of a hill and I look out on a day like that, I am in awe of what God has done, of what he has made. Or maybe you do it when you look up at the stars on a clear night and you just look up and you're like, wow. Are we ever in that state when we come and approach God? <laughs> like, wow. You're in awe, you're in wonder. 
And you see, we see Jesus fulfill this prophecy that he is wonderful by how he lives his life. We see that all the time. We see the fact that he's got the power to heal people. Wow, I am in awe of that. We see that he lives a perfect life, which no other man on earth could or will ever do. We see that he is resurrected from the dead. Now, if that is not something to put you in a state of awe and wonder, then I don't know what is. Someone who's died has then been raised to life. Wow, I am in awe and full of wonder of you. And we see in his teaching how he teaches us. He teaches us county cultural messages that we can rejoice in our suffering. What? I'm in wonder of that. To love your enemies. He fulfills his name as wonderful. And then we go on to this name, or the, the word counsellor. And I want to ask this, have you ever been lost before? Maybe you don't want to admit that. You know, there's a study that went out there that if, um, and this is for any, apparently any human, um, if you were to be put out in the desert, like just a flat desert, or you're to be put into like severe, dense jungle, or if you were to like just, say we cleared all the chairs out here, or maybe a bigger space than this, but you're in an open space and you were blindfolded and told to walk straight, eventually you'll just start walking in circles. For some people, it's as quick as 22 meters. They'll think they're walking straight, but they're actually just walking in a circle. Why? Why? Because there's no reference point. Because there's nothing to fix their eyes on to know where they're going in relation to. There's no anchor. What's your reference point for your life? What's the thing that, what's the thing that helps you guide and direct where you go in life? Is it the media? Is it your friends? Is it your family? Is it Jesus? Who is it that is, or what is it that is your reference point? Because without one, we get lost. We get lost, and then we're going nowhere. We're going round and round in circles, and we see that in this passage. God's people were lost. Time and time again in the Old Testament, do we not see God step in, and then they go and get lost? They ignore him and they get lost. And Isaiah's like, God's going to send you a sign and it's going to be blatantly obvious this time. He's your reference point. He's the thing that will keep you on track. He's the thing that is going to guide you, that's going to give you counsel, that's going to tell you what's right from wrong. When we look at the term counsellor from what we know, this is someone who listens to us. A counsellor's job, to listen and to guide, to listen and to guide. When we say that God is our wonderful counsellor, he is there to listen and to guide. It means that they are, he's to assist, to advise, to support, particularly in our time of need. You know, And we, as humans, will have many counsellors in our lives, whether we call them that or not, whether we go to professional one or not. We have counsellors in our lives, people that we will take advice from, people that we will allow to help guide us. And some are great, and some are not so great. But I know the one who is the best, and his name is Jesus. The best counsellors 
the best advice givers, I don't know about you, but the, the best ones are those who've experienced it, are they not? Those who can relate, those who are like, Do you know what, I've been through that, and I know it might be slightly differently for you, because everything's personal, but I've walked that same path, and so I can speak from a place of experience, and we can read in Hebrews, it says this, verse 14, 16, this is from the message version, now that we know what we have, Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God, let's not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all, all but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give, take mercy and accept the help. You see, Jesus has walked it. He's the one who's experienced it. And yes, we can find help and counsel in our friends and our family. But the one who's going to give the best advice, I believe, is the one called Jesus. And he's there with his arms open, ready to listen and to guide. God is the ultimate counsellor who sent his son Jesus, who we know to call wonderful counsellor. See, Jesus is our reference point. He's not something distant. He's not this distant figure in the horizon that's like, do you know what? Well, it, he's about over there, that dot, so I know that that's north and I've got a head wherever so I can keep on looking at him. No, he's not like that. He's not that sort of a reference point. He's a reference point that's in here. He sent his Holy Spirit so that the reference point is with you all the time. 24-7, in your life, in your heart, wherever you go, you carry him with you. When you say yes to Jesus, you're saying, yes, come and take reign in me. Come and be the king of my life. Be my reference point and come with me wherever I go. Isn't that amazing that, that the wonderful counsellor, the best counsellor that we could ever possibly know is on tap? I don't have to pay a fortune to go and sit in a room, lie on a chaise lounge and release everything to them. As I'm walking to work, as I'm sat down eating my dinner, I have access to the wonderful counsellor who can listen to me and guide me. Can I invite the band up please? It's through his Holy Spirit that this relationship becomes close. It becomes intimate. It becomes personal. When we invite him in, and I believe that the Spirit is here this morning and that he wants to fill you afresh again today. That he wants to listen to you, what you have to say. Whether it be you're rejoicing in something great or whether it be that you are hurting in something that's painful, he is there to listen. And he wants to help guide you on your journey. You see, just as God the Father sent Jesus as his representative to man on earth, Jesus then sent his Holy Spirit to be the representation of him to all of us until he returns. We have access to the Father today. Does that not fill you with awe and wonder? Does that not fill you with excitement? Does that not fill you with assurance? Does that not give you a, a hope to hold on to? That means whatever you're stepping into in your Monday morning, you can with confidence. 
Whatever it is that you are wrestling with, whatever decision, whether which job to take or whether to move here or move there or whether to um, say this to that person or say that to that person, there's someone called the wonderful counsellor who wants to listen and wants to guide. And how are we going to do that? Well, I believe we can do that in many ways in which we can receive his counsel. Number one, he gives us the word of God, the Bible. Are you stuck into the word? He guides us through that. Read it. Be amazed, you'll be amazed at how many times words will jump out at you that will speak into your situation. The word of God he has given us to help guide us. We've already mentioned that the Holy Spirit is there in us to prompt us. Maybe that thought that came into your head, that picture that he gave, that dream that you had. And of course, we, we have each other to help and guide us with this as well. Can I invite you to stand if you're able? And can I ask you to be brave this morning? And if you're in a place today where you are in need of some wonderful counsel, you're at a, maybe a fork in the road of your life or you're in a, a situation that you just really don't know what to do and you've tried to seek advice and stuff from other people but sometimes it just doesn't sit right, can I ask you to be brave and to stick a hand up? If you're near someone with a, a hand up, can I encourage you to either raise a hand towards them or rest a, a hand on their shoulder and be praying for them if, if it's okay with them? But I want to pray for you guys, if, for you who have your hands up. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are called Wonderful Counselor. The fact that you are wonderful, Lord, means that we can't comprehend you. We can't fully understand, but we are in awe and we are in wonder of who you are and what you've done for us. And Lord, we pray now that those who have their hands raised that are in a situation in their life where they are seeking counsel, Lord, would you come and fill them afresh this morning? Lord, would you fill them with your spirit that you would guide them, that you would speak clearly to them. Lord God, we come and ask that you would just come right now. Your Spirit's here in the place. Let them receive it. Yes, Jesus. Thank you that you're close. Thank you that you're personal, God. Thank you that you're inside us, that we carry you with us. Thank you that you're always there, freely available. You're never too busy. You're fully dependable. Yes, Lord. 
Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org/media.